Good morning and welcome to public worship here this morning. Uh, good to see you all. And uh, we're here with all our burdens and all our cares in the presence of our Father, our Heavenly Father, who understands many a morning we don't. Let us begin by singing to God's praise Psalm 95 verses 1 through 7 to God's praise. Let us pray together. Grant that these words we have been singing to you would be words that we also address to one another. O oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us before his presence come. Oh, come, 
and let us worship him. Lord, it's a relatively simple thing for us to come into a building outwardly looking as if we're here to worship. But it's a completely different thing to give you our heart, to be captivated with how glorious you are and our great need. Grant that we would be taught how to pray, how to worship, how to make our lives lives which count for you. Help us to forget what we need to forget. To forget the injuries caused to us. The insults and the opposition we have experienced. And to remember your mercy. That we would not be forgetful of all your gracious benefits. Grant that we would come increasingly to delight in the company of your people. Yes, around the table at home. But give us to seek opportunities to be gathered with your people. In the public means of grace or to be gathered with them in other situations also. Grant that our bodies would become servants to your righteousness and to your holiness, that we would put to a good use our eyes and our ears and our mouths. We pray today for drops from heaven. Some of us felt a few raindrops just coming in. But we need drops of a different nature. Drops from heaven. The outflowing of the ministry of the Holy Spirit into what we say and what we hear and how we say and how we hear that our resolve would be I'll hear what God the Lord will speak to his folk he'll speak peace thank you for the mercy of this morning when so many in our world have in these past few days been ushered from time to eternity by the floods in Libya and the earthquake and the the war and disease and famine and yet in your mercy it is of your mercy we hear give us to delight in your mercy and to praise you for it we pray for those amongst us who have burdens that no one seems to understand. Give us to be grateful and rejoice that you do, that you are for them a present help in every time of need, that the refuge and the shelter that there is in Christ would be increasingly precious to them and to all of us. We pray for our families. We pray for this community, Lord, as we drove in here today. We were aware of so many houses and new houses, so many souls. Will you not come in a day of reviving power to awaken the dead and to revive the living so that we who profess to be alive would give it evidence in the way we behave and the way we work in the way we do our business. We pray, Lord, for our country in what are increasingly difficult times for those who are seeking to witness to the truth. Give them to know the rejoicing 
of suffering for Jesus' sake. We pray for your blessing on the little ones here. Grant that they and their parents would find that the answer to every situation is in the gospel of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Continue with us as we seek your help, pity us, and pardon us. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Right, children, I trust you're still awake. You sound as if you might be. I'm going to tell a little story, but I have a project for you too. Right, and the project... Yes, it's for you as well, maybe. Yeah, it's a little project. And the project is, I want you all, all of those who are here who are under 20. And there's a few under 20. You're under 20, aren't you? Yeah, you're under 20. You're a mischief. That's what you are. I want you to learn the Shorter Catechism question and answer. It's number 21. Now I'm going to tell you what that question and answer is in a minute. But I'm going to tell you a story that relates to it first. And the story is about this Japanese farmer who had his farm on the hillside near the ocean. And the village was below his farm. The village was on the edge of the shore. So it was coming to harvest time and the Japanese farmer was up looking at his crop and it was ripe and dry and ready to harvest. <coughs> so he was quite excited about the prospect of gathering in his harvest. And as he returned to go back down to where his house was, he looked and he got afraid. He saw what was coming. He saw a tidal wave. <coughs> a tidal wave of about 40 feet high, which is higher than this room. And he saw it. And he said, this is terrible. All these houses and all these people in the village down there are going to be hit by this wave. They'll be drowned and killed by this wave unless I do something. What can I do? I cannot stop the wave. I cannot go round them all. I cannot speak to them all. What will I do? He set fire to his harvest. He set fire to his crop, to all of it. And the people in the village saw what happened. Oh, we better go. We better go and put the fire out. So they rushed out of the village. They came up the hill. And when they got up the hill, they turned and saw the tidal wave covering the whole of their village. The farmer had given up his crop so that the village, the people in the village, would be saved. Now that speaks to us of what a redeeming is, the word redeeming. So I want you to learn the shorter catechism question and answer. And I'm going to pounce on Ian Gray here. And if any of you can speak the answer to this question and do so within the next week and tell Ian Gray I'm expecting him to ask you the question and get the answer and if you can answer it Ian Gray will give those who can see it an appropriate children's book so I'm going to repeat this question and answer in the hope and expectation that Ian Gray will get in touch with me in a week or so saying so many of the children and the young people in North Keswick 
learnt this question and answer. And those of you who are not of that vintage, I trust you already know it. If you don't, you should. Here it is. Question 21. Who is the Redeemer of God's elect? The only Redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ who being the eternal Son of God became man and so was and continues to be both God and man in two distinct natures and one person forever. Now I noticed that one or two in the audience were ahead of me by one word. But I want all of you to know it and if ever I have the privilege and of being back here with you I might remember and ask you all to repeat it at the one time that'll probably mean I'll never be asked back but anyway here it is please get this into your heads and may the Lord take it to our hearts who is the redeemer of God's elect the only Redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the eternal Son of God, became man and so was and continueth to be both God and man in two persons, in two, in two, both God and man in two distinct natures and one person forever. So you're allowed to make a mistake like I did. But get a hold of that, and Ian Gray will have a wee notebook, and he'll write down who, who got it and who didn't. And I hope there'll be a few who will know that question, and understand it, and come to cherish it. May the Lord bless that question and its answer to you. And we'll continue to sing to God's praise in Psalm 22, verses 1 through 7. God, my God. 
Let us read together Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. Galatians chapter 3. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying in you shall all the nations be blessed. So then... Those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things in, written in the book of the law, and do them. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. <coughs> Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith and may the Lord bless that short reading of his glorious word to us this morning. We'll continue to sing to God's praise in Psalm 69. Again, the Scottish Psalter, Psalm 69, 1 through 8.
Let us seek God's help to think seriously about the verse marked 13 in Galatians chapter 3 and I'll read the verse again. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Cursed. Now I'm glad to see that one or two have got a pen out and you're welcome to do that and I'm hoping by God's help that it will be easy for you to take notes because I am going to do something that Philip Henry, the father of Matthew Henry, is sought to do in virtually every sermon. He sought to give all the heads of his sermon a letter which became a word. So the letters I am going to use are found in this verse, and the word is curse. So the headings are C-U-R-S-E. And this should enable us to think and to meditate on these things and to talk about them to folks we meet, be it at the kitchen table or in the farmer's market. Being made a curse for us. The first letter then is the letter C. And we are told in the Bible that your ploughing is wicked. The ploughing of the wicked is sin. Our labours are sinful. Our environment is cursed. The ground is cursed, God's told Adam in Genesis 3.17. Cursed means the just and awful condemnation of God, separate from God's favor and fellowship, and separated to evil. The psalm speaks of it. So to the lust of their own heart, I am delivered. Romans 1, God gave them over. Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. So that, friend, means me and you. Because I'm certain that I haven't. And I'm certain that you haven't kept all that is in God's law. That these words are originally in Deuteronomy 21, I think it is, verse 36. In Matthew 5 verse 19 and it's earlier in this chapter uh, verse 10 Cursed be everyone who does not abide in all things written in the book of the law to do them. Curse! It's God's parting shot. Matthew 25 Depart from me ye cursed. What a solemn moment perhaps for some in this building or in the hearing of these words today to hear on the judgment day these words from loving Jesus depart from me ye cursed and it is you know 
word curse is in the last paragraph the last sentence of the Old Testament smite the earth with a curse physical moral spiritual blight and this is what curse is and this is what curse this is what curse the curse that Jesus became he took it he bore our own sins in the body in his own body on the tree he took the curse he swallowed it up in his perfection there he had the symbol of the curse on his head what though the crown be a crown of thorns he ruleth ever by his power what be it though his throne be a cross he sets up one and puts down another he stood condemned he bowed his head under the shame the bitterness the condemnation the desolation the darkness the loneliness God spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all are you not bewildered Is this not too much for your mind? And then we have from there the sweetest note you will ever hear. The joyful sound that comes from the man who was the curse. The man who bore the curse from this place of cursing and turmoil comes the sweetest words there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are looking unto Jesus to those who are in Christ and he says to those to you today regardless of your heritage regardless of your past he says to you the peace of God which passes all understanding is yours peace like a river a curse the second letter is you us we are involved I don't know whether you know it or not but you are involved you sitting in whatever seat you're sitting in it's not just others it's you this is not just something for the minister and the ancients and the elders and old people or Puritans it's not just a message for one group of people it's a message that has implications for me and for you it's for us and there are two categories well you might be saying well I'm not all that interested actually I know my granny was I know someone is I know one of the office bearers in the church here seems very enthusiastic about it For me, I'm not really interested. Now you might not be using these words. You might not be saying it out loud. Ah, I'm not really interested. But what do you say? I would rather 
stay on in bed than go to church. I would rather watch the telly than go to the church. I, I, I say prayers, but, well, I just say them because my mum or my dad or my grandmother thought it was a good idea. You're saying, in effect, he is like a root out of a dry ground. And you know what that's like. Just a root. An insignificant little piece of wood sticking out of the ground. Of no consequence. There is no beauty that I should desire him. Is that you, friend? Is that where you are in your journey? I'm not really all that interested. It's not my priority. That's one category. The only other category is this. He is, Jesus is, my chiefest joy. I'm sorry, I don't love him more. I find the gospel absolutely amazing. Christ is my only hope. You might not be using that language. But you'll be saying this, I really like being with the Lord's people. I was reading this morning from Thomas Boston who said that it, this was the great mark for those who were not sure of their hope or where they stood in view of the judgment seat. This was the great mark for them. I long to be with God's people. I love the company of God's people. That's what I'm after. To be with them. And I'm asking you personally, friend. The responsibility is on me and on you. Do you love the Lord's people? I long to be with them as much as I can. We heard about the lady in Dornachan. The elder spoke to her roughly at the door and said, What are you doing come to church? You're never out of the church. You're never absent. Why are you always coming? And she said, Oh, if I cannot be with the Lord's people in eternity, I want to be with them as much as I can in time. Galatians 3.13 Curse for us. Matthew 1.23 God with us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Made him to be Do you know this verse? Made him to be Sin For us. First Thessalonians 5 verse 10 Who died for us. Have you got the word us? It's central to the message from God to you. Peace comes from the prophet to us. <coughs> His mouth is most sweet. My peace I give to you. Peace comes from the prophet and the priest, the conscience is cleansed by the priest he is saying I paid the price I bore the curse I was there for you I became sin for you I died for you your sin and your iniquities I will remember no more forever you're remembering them. Remembering them perhaps with regret. But he says. The priest says. I will remember them no more. Peace from the prophet. Peace from the conscience from the priest. And peace in life's journey. 
It's for us. He ensures that all things work together for good to those who love Jesus. I think again it's Thomas Boston who said the only way to heaven the only way to the promised land is through the wilderness but in the wilderness you have the prophet and the priest and the king say all that you need the next letter you've got it R Redeemer we've tried to repeat this shorter catechism question have you got it? have you got that question? and that answer? and then we're told in the next question Christ as our Redeemer executes the executes the offices of a prophet and a priest and a king both in his estate of humiliation and exaltation a royal priesthood prophet, priest and king yet mocked on there he was the redeemer the prophet they blindfolded him they spat at him they struck him they cried to him prophet some prophet you are prophet prophesy to us tell us who struck you Matthew 26 what mocking he was mocked as a prophet then as the priest he saved others yeah he helped others but he can't do anything for himself there on the tree taunted with that cruel heartless mocking cry he saved others but he cannot save himself the redeemer the prophet the priest and the king Herod's soldiers Herod's soldiers clothed him in purple and derided him we're told that Herod set him at naught and mocked him Luke 23 verse 11 now Herod was not a full-blooded Jew he was a descendant of Esau not of Jacob he was from Idumea remember the struggle between Jacob and Esau over the right to be the progenitor of the Messiah over a bowl of stew or soup or whatever it was Esau despised it and sold his birthright for something to eat and today here at Calvary we have the seed of Jacob standing before the mocking seed of Esau and the seed of Esau in the person of Herod mocking the Messiah and you know Jesus was silent and you get upset about being mocked because you're a Christian you're afraid to say I love the Bible I love the Lord's people I love Jesus and Jesus is the answer you're afraid to say it I met a minister this week at a funeral and he came over to me and he said I've been preaching for 30 years and he said it's only now I've realized I need to speak to people on the street where I meet your prophet your priest and your king was mocked he paid the price the redeemer C-U-R-S S the site the location sentenced inside the city 
led outside to die. Were the Jews forsaking their exclusiveness and putting the most precious gift outside the city in reach of all? Or were they giving expression to this we have no place for him in life? We have no place for him in death. Away with him. Away with him. Get him out of here. But there's much, much more in that event. Out to the place of carcasses. To the place where the offal from the sacrificial animals was burned. You know that hymn we sometimes sing? On a green hill far away. Rubbish. It certainly was not a green hill. It was a terrible place. Outside the city. And God, you remember, points as to that with this story, is it in Leviticus 16, of the scapegoats, the two goats. The first goat was taken to the altar by the priest and killed the blood was shed that kid that goat was dealing with sin Godward and the wages of sin were meted out that goat was killed that goat's blood was shed pointing to the ultimate sacrifice but then there was the other kid or the other goat the high priest's hands on its head. A figure of Jesus when sin was transferred to the great sin bearer. Now accursed out into the wilderness. Out in the wilderness. Outside. Both kids pointing to Jesus Christ. Being a sin bearer, he must die. He died, his blood was shed. Christ died for the ungodly. But he also bears the curse. Alone. In the wilderness. The wrath. Of eternal God. None to pity. Bearing the wrath of God. Against my shepherd. Smite the shepherd. That wilderness. Which we cannot comprehend was where he was in the dark hours on the tree. He is both the lamb slain and the curse-bearing one. Two goats pointing to the lamb slain and the the curse-bearing one. He went to the desolation of Calvary outside the city. Have you been to Calvary this week? Have you been to Calvary this morning? We need to be to the man of Calvary morning, noon and night. To whom else can we go? Thou alone hast the words of eternal life. E. E. Perhaps that's the word that would be how you feel now. I hope not. E is for exhausted. Exhausted. I've been sitting nearly an hour in church. So long. There's roast beef in the oven. I want to get home for my dinner. I can't take it. Exhausted. 
The curse had to be exhausted. This could only be the absolute completion and exhausting of the curse of God. The poison of all death was concentrated in his cup. The cup that my father hath given me to drink. He said, shall I not drink it? Remember before that he was praying, sweating in a very cold place. The fire was on for the soldiers. The words that are used are for it was cold. And there he was lying sweating and praying. Have you seen it? Do, do you not see it, friend? If I could do anything, I would like you to behold it. To say, that's amazing. I can't. I'm using words, but the Spirit can bring to your heart something that would bring you to that place of Zechariah 12, verse 10. One who is in bitterness for his firstborn. You find it there in Zechariah 12, 12, is it? Verse 10. I look on him who was pierced. And I mourn for him. I mourn for him as I would if I lost my only son. Can you imagine your only boy killed? And what happens then? If you see it. Sin becomes personal. Jesus becomes personal. You meet with him. And you are the sinner he came to save. That sounds and is wonderful. You meet with him. Your sin has become yours. It's personal. And Jesus becomes yours. And you're saying thank you. Thank you. I can't say anything else. Thank you. I don't understand it. Whereas I was blind, now I see. C U R S E. Now, those of you who know me will not be surprised that there's a, another letter, and it's also in the verse. C U R S E D. Cursed. D. And I would like to use D in this way. You either despise this, and if you do, you will be lost. Your curse will consume you forever. Back in the days when I was working a bit on the farm you would get the lorry driver coming in and you'd be loading him with barley and sometimes the bucket would hit the edge of the lorry and he'd be furious and you know what he would say? Go to hell! That's what they would say when they're angry we tremble when the lorry driver says it because there's only one who can finally say that. And if you despise this message, that's what he's going to say to you, Fred. Go to hell. He tells you today, I will take you as you are. But on that day without Christ, it'll be, go, depart from me, ye cursed. So you either despise this or you delight in it. Have you been worshipping this morning? Have you been saying thank you? Have you been saying what a friend 
We have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to him in prayer. Where are you? He bore the curse. He became the curse so that you would be offered what you have been offered this morning. Let us pray. Lord, grant that we would run to the Savior this morning, to the Savior crucified outside the camp, now risen and exalted, our Prince and our Savior, who loved me and giving himself for me. Lord, that we would be changed, that we would esteem the great riches of the gospel, be for Christ and not for another we pray for the congregation here in its circumstances and grant them the joy of the Lord as their strength and that they could say in the language of scripture he knows the way that I take and when he hath tried me I shall come forth as gold. Bless us with refreshed glimpses of the only Redeemer of God's elect. And bless the children. Help them to learn that question and answer. And bless it to their hearts and minds and in their lives. Thank you for these moments together. Forgive us for our sins. For Jesus' sake. Amen. I'm going to conclude by singing Psalm 136, the second version, verses 1 to 8.
Lord, thank you for the help of the psalm to worship you and to sing your praise. Teach us to learn your word, to lay it up in our hearts, practice it in our lives, share it with our families and those we meet with. And grant that we would understand that you, your law and your commandment is not the way to life. But may we know that it is the way of life, the way you have prescribed for us. And to know that the way we get life that shall never end is by placing all our hope and all our confidence on him who was made a curse for us so that we might receive from the Redeemer our prophet, our priest and our king the consolations for today and tomorrow. Pardon us and bless us. For Jesus' sake.